You're listening to The Capital Table. Private capital markets have been evolving for many years, but never more so than in recent times. Take a seat at The Capital Table with leading experts discussing insights into the private equity and M&A worlds, and take away the knowledge you need to excel in a rapidly changing marketplace. We know this is one table you'll leave feeling full and satisfied. I'm Steve Brady, the National Practice Leader for Transaction Advisory at Witham. And pleased today we have with us Matt Ferrante, who is the Practice Leader of the Cybersecurity Practice at Witham. It's an important topic for our clients. So Matt, can you tell us a little bit about your background to get us started? Sure, absolutely. Thanks for having me today. Uh, again, my, my name is Matthew Fronte. I'm the partner in charge of the Witham Cyber team. Uh, our team can t- uh, does everything from full IT managed services to security, security audits, uh, M&A due diligence, uh, incident response uh, exercises, uh, as well as incident response itself, uh, cyber forensics. Uh, my background, I got a degree in applied sciences and computer information systems, a degree in criminal justice. I graduated from uh, the U.S. Secret Service uh, Training Academy. I was on President Clinton's detail. Uh, everyone asked me from time to time, was I in charge of Hillary's server? That answer is no. But I have done work for the Democrats. I have done work for the Republicans. So I've worked on you know, uh, protection on both sides. Uh, but my specialization was always uh, in the U.S. Secret Service was cyber. I actually designed the first computer network wiretap done in the United States. I was awarded as a top electronics crime expert with the U.S. Secret Service in the private sector. We worked on such things as the Sony network uh, intrusions, target data breach, Neiman Marcus, uh, Banner Health Networks, Barclays Bank security transformation. Uh, the Witham cyber team has worked in over 71 plus countries and counting. So everything bits and bytes, cross-border work international work. That's what we do. That's a great background, Matt. And so let's jump into our topic and certainly starting in this world, uh, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. How has that shaped the cybersecurity landscape for businesses? Sure. Uh, it's it's definitely interesting times, scary times. Um, <clears throat> some businesses die, some struggle to survive and others can thrive. Uh, there's always opportunity, but there's, the threats come as well. Uh, this holds true for cybersecurity. We see a drastic uptick in cyber attacks across virtually every sector, finance, healthcare, manufacturing, automotive, e-commerce, which is exploding. We see major cyber attacks. We've got the holiday season coming up. Expect them coming, folks. They're coming and they're going to hit businesses hard. We see it across telecommunications, retail, pretty much across every sector. Some quick stats, uh, cyber attacks are up 500% during COVID-19. We see ransomware attacks increase by 148%. This is just during COVID. 46% of businesses that started working remotely have experienced at least one form of a cyber attack. And by the way, folks, it's not just about the external threats. Very important. It's the internal threats as well. They did an independent study. Uh, They found that 58% of people work from home said that they think they can engage in some type of nefarious activity and get away with it simply because they're working from home. Critical things to think about during COVID and what's uh, changed a lot is that every company has what's called an attack surface. The attack surface of a business environment is a sum of different points where an unauthorized user can try to gain access to data or exfiltrate data from an environment. 
Keeping an attack surface as small as possible is a basic security measure, but during COVID-19, a company's attack surface has drastically uh, increased. We do threat intelligence, we show companies that, and it's staggering how their attack surfaces increased during COVID-19. That's some amazing statistics, Matt, and certainly there's a lot going on. And with that, you know, as private equity is looking at an M&A transaction, what should they be concerned about as it relates to cyber? It's interesting because, um, you know, virtually every business has systems and data, but some of these assets, uh, including your data, they're intangible assets. Uh, technology and data are critical components of a business. Um, <clears throat> in fact, in modern society, we still take it for granted. And what we see is that the business systems can actually propel a business forward, but those same systems can be used to turn back, turn on the business. And that's what ha attackers are doing. They're actually using the company systems against them to attack three core pillars, the confidentiality of data, the integrity of data and systems, and the availability of those data and systems. People are just thinking data loss. And I, uh, I always took MMA since I was 14 years old and similar to the type of boxing analogies, the hardest hits that a, a boxer can take and the hardest business to the, uh, that a business can take are the ones that they never see coming. But confidentiality, availability, and integrity are the three core pillars. And by the way, <clears throat> in terms of confidentiality, when I talk about uh, businesses, every business has some type of secret sauce, otherwise you wouldn't be in business. So if uh, during, uh, for an M&A transaction, if you're after the, you, you're interested in the trade secrets, in order for something to be a trade secret, it has to remain a secret, right? If that data is stolen, it's publicized on the, uh, on, on the web or traded on the dark web, it may no longer be a trade secret, so that value can go significantly down. The integrity of data, that's being manipulated as well. Paralyzing business, also we're talking about business outages, prolonged business outages on cyber attacks. So there's concerns across the board. Yeah, those are important considerations. You know, working with our private equity clients as we're trying to assess uh, whether they should go forward with the transaction. And I know their attention seems to be currently more on once the deal is closed and after the deal. So what are those risks and opportunities and getting that deal closed and you know equally important after the deal and how should they address those? So I, I think uh, the risk really comes in, in the form of the unknown until an impact uh, happens. Uh, I see that the risks all from the cyber risk of people doing traditional penetration testing um, the risks are understated, not overstated. Uh, most businesses, they do not have modern type of uh, penetration testing like threat emulation assessments. Um, they need to have uh, those uh, type of assessments on the environment. So in terms of those risks, um, you have to pop the hood, you have to look at the environment uh, because cyber is you know, the blood and guts of, of the business. So you've been involved in a number of M&A transactions over your Career, Matt, and I know some of those are some pretty good stories. So, why don't why don't we talk about some war stories on some M and A deals that you've seen or heard about that have gone bad as it relates to cyber? Yeah, absolutely. We've done a lot of M and A deals, cyber due diligence on deals. So, uh, let's talk about some of the ones that have gone bad. Um, you know, we've seen. Um, you know, uh, probably the most memorable one was uh, I had to do work on one. It was uh, after the deal was done. Two of the big four uh, accounting companies blessed off, uh, was not with them, but two of the big fours blessed off on a major financial institution acquisition uh, of a Russian bank by a European bank. Uh, I was called in to go into Moscow 
and uh, check the environment. Uh, very interesting uh, chip uh, trip. I uh, stayed at the Hilton Leningraskaya, and my first call was from the uh, head of HR of the Russian bank. And uh, essentially, I was uh, told it was a very dangerous place for me to be there. Uh, eventually, I got access to the environment. It was a billion-dollar uh, transaction, billion-dollar deal. At the end of the day, we found, identified that they were running parallel books. We uncovered that through their, uh, you know, mapping their environment, finding the uh, parallel books, and uh, it turned out to be a seven hundred and fifty million dollar loss on a major uh, enterprise uh, acquisition. In terms of SMEs, small and medium enterprises, uh, we've seen where. Um, uh, the environments are actually hacked. We just look at the outer perimeter. We see open ports. We see uh, data leaking from the environment, um, and the environment is is really uh, poorly designed. So we see anywhere from 25 to 50% come off of the acquisition price. And we work on both the buyer side as well as on the seller side. Yeah, that's great, and that's quite a story. Um, how about turning it into where you've been involved and where you know, proper involvement in assessing these risks has led to an M&A deal that went well as it relates to cyber. Yeah, absolutely. I said, you know, uh, M&A deals gone well. Uh, if the infrastructure, uh, again, security does not have to be expensive. Uh, we see a lot of companies going out just, uh, you know, buying things, but uh, they're they're not aligned properly. Uh, those pieces are put together right. They can really propel a business forward. Um, in terms of a buyer, do your homework. Not knowledge, knowledge is power, and the application of that knowledge is, is even better. Trust but verify. Conduct appropriate cyber due diligence. Uh, so where they've conducted cyber due diligence, what one of the things, for example, the Witham cyber team does is we actually deploy what's called droids and scan the environment to validate the integrity of the environment, including cloud-based infrastructures. So you have to think about what is the cyber fitness of those environments. So in terms of deals that have gone well, we look at the cyber fitness in the environment, we might find a few things. So think about it. when you go for a medical physical, they're going to take your temperature. They may take your blood. Same thing for a business. So when we go in, if we find some things, we can use that uh, on behalf of the buyer potentially as a negotiating strategy to say, hey, they're just not using the technology right, but this is a good deal and they can still get money off the deal make it a good purchase price uh, and, and a really good investment. Yeah. And on that point with making it a good investment, obviously our private equity friends when they're entering a transaction, you know, that that credibility of what they're buying and being able to realize what they're attempting to do with this investment. So what can potential investors do to, to protect the capital they're putting into play before the deal, during the deal, and after the deal? So uh, we we run uh, we run intelligence uh, threat intelligence on environment called threat intelligence, but it's really just running intelligence on the environment, gaining that uh, knowledge. If it's uh, prior to, during, and post deal, um, continuous monitoring of the environment. It, it's amazing, uh, you know, the data that's flowing in and out of an environment. Um, but it's continuous monitoring. I'm not talking about monitoring emails. I'm talking about monitoring uh, the, the structure of the environment um, to protect your investment, protect the asset, and gain knowledge of the environment. Um, that, that's what it comes down to. Matt, we see many clients looking to cyber insurance to cover these risks. And tell us more about you know how the involvement of a, a cyber team in assessing the risks in an M&A transaction and how that you know, folds into the the insurer and the the coverage that they'd be getting. 
Yeah, ex excellent question. Um, it's very interesting because a lot of companies are definitely running towards cyber insurance, but uh, cyber insurance can can be a good thing. But often expectations, we see them as misaligned. Um, it's kind of like getting an umbrella in a rainstorm. Um, it's going to protect you maybe against some rain, but it's not going to protect you against the bolt of lightning. And insurers are not in the business of really paying out claims. Okay, I can give perfect example. We had a major cyber attack. Company was offline for over a month over a month. Imagine being offline for over a month, and that's the core of their business, right? And then uh, the, the insurers, which we represented, were at risk for $2 billion, $2 billion. That's that's how much the, the potential impact was to the environment. Um, and it was, it was, kind of, it was re very detrimental towards that business. At the end of the day, after we analyzed the environment, we saw that the environment, the cybersecurity was complete, was negligent and reckless. It was improperly designed. There was design flaws within the IT infrastructure. They got less than $40 million. Okay, so you need the part of that M&A due diligence, which includes cyber, is going to include legal to review that policy. So you have a clear understanding of what's actually covered. Um, and you're going to need cyber experts, not just legal. You're going to need cyber experts to look at that policy because there's going to be nuances and specific words that may impact whether or not a company or an investor is made whole again. Be very careful. That's great. Thanks, Matt. Thank you for your time. I mean, this is such an important topic, and I think it's uh, one that, uh, cutting edge as it is, many investors are, are trying to get their arms around it and and understand the important inflection points to get a cyber team involved in a deal. And I think this has been a great discussion on what those points are. And we just thank you for your time today. You've been listening to The Capital Table. For more information, please visit witham.com. Thank you for listening.